We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. This podcast on 97.3 The Fan is brought to you by Hamul Casino, San Diego's closest casino. Real close, real friendly, real fun. What's going on, San Diego? Two o'clock on the dot. Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Ello, Matt Scraby. Last show of the week, but it's a four-hour joint for everybody. And uh, we kick this thing off today with a San Diego State victory in the first game of the Maui Invitational. Yes, indeed. Big, Strike I, up the band. I, I think it was uh, the, pa- the Padres, the Aztecs' first, I think, big test outside of teams they're used to playing, right? They get enough of BYU often, which is probably the, the biggest game to this point, but they take down an undefeated Ohio State. And I thought, outside of the officials keeping Ohio State in that game, oh. uh, the Aztecs really were dominant. After you got through the first seven minutes where you could see both teams trying to fill each other out, the Aztecs really never looked back, and if it wasn't for the officiating, that ball, that game probably would have got around 20 before yeah. it was all said and done. Yeah, they went on a 35-15 run there uh, midway through the first half and uh, never really led by less than double digits the rest of the way. It was an impressive performance, Tony, and, uh, you know, let's start with the officials. I, I was looking around for my guy, Eric Curry. I thought he <laughs> has to be here. There's, yeah, he's really... There's absolutely no way any official other than Eric Curry could be making some of the calls they were making in the second half. A flopping foul on Nathan Mensa, which is an automatic technical foul. So, By the way, that is a dumb rule. Well, that like, is the rule now. It, it, it definitely is a rule. They are so against flopping in NCAA and high school basketball that now when players flop, it's just an automatic technical foul. The problem is... He didn't flop. No. The guy ran squarely into his chest, yes. and he took the charge, which is what you're supposed to do. That turned into a five-point possession. Then they called a flagrant foul on Matt Bradley, which turned into a four-point possession. And so you're right. I mean, a couple of back-to-back calls by those officials seem to keep Ohio State in the game. But uh, the, the second half to me was a reminder of why I get so frustrated watching college basketball <laughs> in general, right? Because the first, the first half really was, for a college game, pretty free-flowing. I mean, they were missing a lot of shots, because the de- but they were letting them play. And then all of a sudden, the second half came, then they and they changed it. it. Yeah, they changed it up completely. It was a totally brand-new officiating crew from the East Coast, ACC guys, people that had never seen the Aztecs, people that had never seen Ohio State. And, uh, you know, I don't know if that had anything to do with it, but it was very, very frustrating. Uh, Brian Dutcher did a great job keeping his cool. Yeah, he did. Uh, Matt he Bradley, almost lost it, though, at one point. He did. He did. <laughs> and, and, and I don't blame him. No, I mean, you, you have to be frustrated when they're, you know, giving Ohio State nine-point possessions 
and they're getting back in the game. 102 points were scored total in that second half. Both teams scored 51 points, but the Aztecs uh, maintained their advantage pretty much throughout, pretty much despite whatever happened. I think Ohio State got it down to four at one point. Back-to-back threes. just like that, Micah Parrish hits back-to-back threes. Then Butler steals the inbounds. A rope makes a layup, and now you're up by 12. It took 40 seconds to get the lead back up to 12, and that's how explosive they can I, be. But uh, I don't know about you, Chris, but I couldn't help but think uh, as they as that lead got pushed, as the ref, referees started doing what they do, yeah. and as uh, Ohio State went on that run, I thought with the Aztec, when they responded with, with the, 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 what was it, six, eight, nine points there in yeah. 40 seconds, mm-hmm. that was different to me. I, that was something, a yeah. lot of times that game – because of those situations, we'll end up a one-possession game down the stretch. Well, in- instead, they pushed the gap wider, gave themselves some breathing room, were able to comfortably win that game. Yeah, that's the thing with this team this year. I mean, Tony, they can score. You know, I mean, it used to be yeah. if a team cut a lead down to four, now it's going to stay a four-point game pretty much the rest of the way because the Aztecs were going to start – handing the ball to Matt Bradley, everybody else was going to get out of the way and hope that Bradley could save the day. Now, he had a good game last he did. night. He was back on uh, back in his form with 18 points. But re- really wins this game last night. Look at the bench. A rope, Ladee, Parrish, and Seiko combined for 41 points and 19 rebounds. It, it's a- 41 and 19 off your bench. I mean, be careful what you wish for. Right, right. I mean, you might, you know, the starters foul out or they get in any foul trouble or they're struggling the way they kind of were last night at the beginning of the game. And, and and Brian Dutcher just says, I don't I don't care. I'll just put my bench in. It was a funny quote in the paper today in Mark Ziegler's story because I don't know if you remember at the beginning of the game, the Aztecs missed their first eight shots. Yes, they did. They looked like they were going to get shut out. Like I was like, oh, man, this is like the old this aspects. Is right. Brian Dutcher told Mark Ziegler after the game that his assistant coaches were begging him to put the subs in. And Brian Dutcher was like, yeah, give us a couple of minutes. We'll get settled in. We'll be all right. And his assistant coaches were like, no, coach, put the subs in now. Yeah. Now, how many teams want to put their subs in? You know, three minutes. Into I, I a promise game. you, you don't have very many teams in the nation where the assistant coaches are begging the head coach, yeah, to bring the subs in. Bring the subs in, and they brought them in, and uh, these guys did a fantastic job. It, I'll tell you, you know, we got Mensa already blocked four shots last night. You talk about dirty work, guys, but you know who's underrated in that department? A rope. He that is. guy is a really good defender, and he makes passes. He he can shoot a little bit. He can knock in his free throws. He rebounds. Uh, I mean, you know, six points, four rebounds, two assists in just 17 minutes and a steal. He, I mean, he had a quality contribution to that game last night. He's one of those guys that can do a little bit of everything and all of the dirty work. And it, he's so tall and limber he's, that he's, he's a long, tough matchup. He's, yeah. he, 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 he's, he, he makes it difficult on you offensively. i tell you what, to be able to bring... Uh, a, a guy like Parrish off the bench to bring uh. a guy like like Seiko off the bench. Those are luxuries to have. A guy who's six eight can come. Off, I mean six five, six six can come off the bench and and really give you everything. What he was six of eight from the field yeah. and, and last three of five from three point land. And Seiko was five for six. Yeah, that, I mean if you're so. gonna if you're gonna get that kind of production from your bench, 
It's, it's going to be a fun year. You're going to be tough to beat. Real quick on Ohio State, because they look like they have a really good team. Four, Remember, playing four every freshmen. one of those guys are freshmen. Uh, McNeil, who was a transfer from West Virginia, uh, the the shooting guard, he got lava hot yes. in the second oh my half, gosh. knocking in everything he put up. Uh, they've got he wasn't Keith. even he wasn't even creating space and still getting the ball was still going in the net. Uh, my point, yeah, I think the point is here that Ohio State's going to be a really good team. If it's not later on this year, it's going to be next year. But uh, this is going to be a quality win as this season goes along. I, I think you're going to see Ohio State win a bunch of games. Yeah. Uh, especially once they get into their conference. I mean, obviously, they're going to play Michigan State and Michigan. play Purdue and yeah. Michigan and all those teams in the Big Ten. But Ohio State's going to be a fun team. The guy, we talked to uh, Matt Norlander last week. He said Ohio State has enough talent to be a Sweet 16 team this year. It's just a matter of how long it's going to take for them to come together. So yeah, that was a nice win last night for the Aztecs, and now they get Arizona. And I got to tell you, Arizona looked uh, absolutely ridiculous in its game against Cincinnati last night. I don't know how many uh, Aztec fans, you know, kept this channel tuned in and watched that. I watched the second. Wait, half. wait, what did you say? How many game, how many points were scored in an Ohio State State of State game? Uh, in the second half, no, yeah, our total. total. Well, there was a, there was 165 in the Aztec game. There was 194 yeah. scored in the Arizona Cincinnati game. Both teams got well. Arizona got that one. Yeah, 101 to 93. At one point in the second half, Arizona was 23 of 26 from the field. That's 88 percent through the first 18 minutes of the second half. Uh, now they're not going to be able to shoot like that. I don't I, think against the Aztecs. Yeah, I would like to believe that the Aztecs' defensive intensity is not going to allow eighty-eight that, percent. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's insane. That's ridiculous. That's insane. But Arizona has a. Uh, By the way, real quick. Yeah. How soft are the rims <laughs> at this place, man? Oh, in uh, in, in, Maui? in in Maui. I mean, I saw my man shoot a shot that hit the top of the the, the front of the rim, shoot straight up. And it just nestled. Yeah, it nestled into the, the Aztecs basket. made back-to-back three-pointers in the second half that hit the heel it, of the rim. It and just rolled, rolled in. in. Yeah, I saw they didn't that. even bounce off the heel of that rim. <laughs> they just rolled right in. But Arizona's got a guy ba- Ballo, their center. He's a, I don't know what they list him as. To me, Tony, he's six eleven, two eighty. Oh man, he he's is a gonna, load. He is an absolute giant. And he's going to be a problem. Tubelis, their forward, scored 30 last night. He's going to be a problem. And Ramey, their guard, who scored 17, most of it in the second half, he is going to be a problem for the Aztecs tonight. It should be a wide-open, wild game. I believe Arizona's favored by one point. But this is what you want if you're the Aztecs. You're now in the Final Four of this tournament. The other three teams are all ranked ahead of you. All right? You've got the Aztecs are 17th, Arizona's 14th, and then on the other side, Creighton is 10 and Arkansas is 9. So whether you win or lose tonight, your next game is going to be against another team that's ranked ahead of you. By the right? way, by the way, just I just went and found your guy, uh, Ballo. Ballo, what do they list him at? Seven foot two sixty. By the way, two sixty. By the way, no chance he's two sixty. He's Tony. not the only seven footer they got. They yeah. got another seven footer that's about two hundred pounds, and they got a six eleven guy that's two forty five. Yeah, no, Ballo's much bigger than two sixty. Wait till you see him tonight lumbering up and down the floor. He takes up the entire paint. So uh, it's going to be a great challenge tonight. But what I like is that the Aztecs are going to play Arizona tonight, and then. Win or lose, they're going to play either Creighton or Arkansas tomorrow, either in third place or for the championship. Now, you'd like to win the championship, but my point is is you're getting two games against teams that are ranked ahead of you, but 
games that you can win. Yeah. You know, yeah. this is the kind of situation you want to be in. If the Aztecs win both games, they're going to be top 10 next week. And if they don't, then they're still not going to go anywhere in the rankings. They're, this isn't going to hurt their resume no, at, no. at all. No, this can only help at it's this It's only going to help to play these next two games tonight and tomorrow and obviously be great to win them. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, Trammell had an off game last night. Ladie had an off game last night. You could see there's it. so many guys that Dutcher can bring in, and uh, all nine guys who played scored. They all contributed one way or another. And you know what? I was worried. I told Scraby last week. I was a little worried about def- defense because they're giving up, you know, more points than they, they were, u- than they were they used, used to. Used to. Yeah, yeah. But I still think their defense is just as good I as agree. it always was. It's just there's more possessions in the game. They're playing good half court defense and making teams work. The difference is because their offense is better, more efficient, and has more options. It creates more possessions, as you yeah. said. And so you're going to give up if they if the other team gets. Let's just say 15 more possessions. They're going to score yeah. a few more times than they normally would. And so it's a trade-off. We, we've we been asking for, I don't know, really since the Aztecs have started to ascend where they are about when is when is it going to – when are they going to have that type of offense that matches yeah. the defense? This could be the first year, at least the showing so far through the first five games. I, I It'd be remiss – you'd be remiss to not to think that – you're not seeing it right now. No, I don't even think the Kawhi Leonard team with Billy White and with Shelton and with DJ Gay and, and Kawhi and, and, and everybody they had on that squad, and I'm leaving Malcolm Thomas out, that team wasn't as good offensively. And, and I know this is only a few-game sample, but this team seems to have more weapons than even that team had. I'll go back and look at last year, but they've scored over 80 in four out of the five games already right. this season. Yeah, I would bet that twice they, last year. Oh, well, there, there's your answer. And both times it was 80. There, there's they your answer. They didn't even get over They've 80. gotten 88, 82, 80, and 102 all in this season so far. So clearly the offense is, is better, yeah. and it speaks to the depth that they it's have. It's a beautiful thing right now to be an Aztec basketball fan. And I'll tell you one thing. At least by the way they showed the game on television, looked like we had a lot of Aztec fans there. I was For all telling the people my that say people don't support San Diego State sports. A lot of them seem to go to when, Maui and were wearing red and black last night. When the Aztecs pushed the lead to double digits in the first half, you could hear clearly yeah. defense, and it sounded like it was the entire gym. Yeah, and I turned to my daughters. I was like, "Man, San Diego State's representing well out in Maui right now." They did. It was a very good, very nice performance. The only criticism I had of the telecast was they did about a ten-minute interview in the first half with Evan Eric Turner, Evan Turner of Ohio a State, Ohio State guard, <laughs> which bored the living crap out of me. I don't mind asking him a question or two, but they left. He him was on, on there until like the last, next commercial break. It the entire like. time the Aztecs were making that big run to take the lead in the game, Evan Turner was talking about you know what he does for a living and you know his former career at Ohio State. It was boring me to know to, to tears, but you know please stop with these interviews. These these interviews with the at least in this tournament they're not interviewing the coaches going on and off the floor. Yeah, that's the I thing. appreciate this, that. That's that's the thing. Those Just type, don't need that stuff. Those type of interviews don't fit in a basketball game where there's so much action. Now, if you're sitting in a baseball game, okay, okay. cool, bring somebody up. We can okay. kind of you know chill, or, talk or a little bit. If you're going to bring some, you know, if you're going to bring Oscar Robertson in and right. say, here's a former player or right. something, right? But Evan Turner, who's he's that? a former player. Yeah, he's <laughs> not on that level though. Yeah. Not on that level. That's like, you know, that's like actually, bringing me into an Aztec baseball game and going, well, he's a former player. Yeah, so what? I, I, I live for those interviews. I don't know what you guys are talking you about. Not, I'm sure I sit do. there and I wait. I well, wait. You, you'll be 
you're in luck today because Sam Levitt is going to join us a little bit later on today. We're going to talk some Padre it's baseball. My favorite guest we've ever had. Absolutely. The great right? one. The great Sam the Levitt. The great one, Sammy. Uh, Daily Gambit, Gwen and Chris, NFL Pick'em. I got some uh, some work to do this week. And, uh, <laughs> got a Chris versus fan. We got a big five. Um, which which one are we playing, Chris? Are we playing Pop Quiz or Chris's Fantabulous? Because I oh, forgot we have to a put game it on show the sheet. Today yes. Too. yes, we have a, a Fantabulous sports game okay. show coming up today Three as well. Scraby, because I was going to ask Chris what he got in, and then we got talking about something else. Yeah. Well, you know, we'll get to hear a lot from Scraby in this next segment because uh, the 49ers were. Oh, did they play last? They night? played last night. I was watching that Aztec game, so I didn't really get a chance I didn't to. I didn't care to pay much football. attention to it, but uh, I'm sure Scraby can fill us in. We had our first. Big upset in World Cup. We'll get into that as well. You're with us for four hours. Morgan and Chris on the way. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Here's a boot roll by Garoppolo left. Wide open is George Kittle down the left sideline. Kittle will break a tackle. Take it all the way to the end zone. Touchdown! San Francisco! How did George Kittle score there? (laughs) (laughs) Welcome back to the show. Apparently the 49ers played last night. Uh, Gwen and Chris at 222. Chris Hello, Tony Gwynn Jr. and uh, the 49er fan himself. Matt Scraby together in our Odyssey Palo Studios. Uh, I understand your guys looked pretty good last night against a depleted Arizona Cardinals squad. They were depleted. 38 to 10. Yeah, uh, the Cardinals have uh, three starting linemen out and no Kyler Murray. But uh, San Francisco, offensively, they've got something now. You know, with the addition of McCaffrey, that opens things up. they got two great playmakers now with Samuel and McCaffrey. And George Kittle, you and I talked about this yesterday, Scraby. He shows up from time to time, and last night he decided to play. Yeah, yeah, he does. He gets, like, these random two-touchdown games in every, like, seven games or something like that. And Garoppolo threw four touchdown passes, which has got to be approaching a career high for him. What are they calling him? Hemi Hemi Guapolo? (laughs) Jaime? Because of uh, them winning in Mexico. (laughs) That's what uh, your boy Debo tweeted out. Hemi Garoppolo. They um, first off, like Colt McCoy was not a 49er beater like I thought he was going to be. Clearly. Like, like no, I, he still has <laughs> one career victory. Like I claimed against, he's under 500 now against the 49ers, yeah. which I so The man who always beats claimed. them. Uh, the 49ers, I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, but they look amazing. They looked good last night for sure. What is the record now, Scraby? Six and four. All right, good. That I, made boy. Sure, I made sure I looked it up. Date I made sure I looked time. it up. They are tied for first place in their uh, division with Seattle, but they hold a victory over Seattle. So right now the 49ers jump all the way to the three seed if the NFC playoffs were to start today. Let and, me, uh, the 49, I will say this about this weekend's results. I know that the Eagles and the Vikings have the best two records in the NFC, but the Cowboys and the 49ers look like the best two teams to me. Without a doubt. 
So we'll see how it all plays out come postseason. Could we have the, an old school 49er cowboy matchup come playoff NFC time championship. We had one last yeah, year. Yeah, we did. That's we right. Had the first we sure did. And but, they didn't snap it in time. No, they did. They <laughs> yeah. did. Uh, so the Jimmy G thing is very interesting. Because, can I ask you a question as, yeah, as yeah, a 49er yeah, fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys have been trying to get rid of Jimmy G for I have uh, not. We'll just, I'm putting you in the rest of the cap with the 49ers, right? They've been I'm trying to get rid in. of Jimmy G. Chris, how long do you think? About two, three Forever years? Forever since the day they got him. <laughs> right. yes. They've been I trying think to they get... acquired him and said, how do we get rid of this exactly. guy? Exactly. And it seems like all he does is find ways to Yeah, he wins games, to win and games. gets the job done. You know, I, it's not pretty all the time. The I'm 49ers not that. are 6-4 and four right now. Uh, do you, Honestly, do you care to hasten a guess as to what their record would be right now if they still had Trey Lance as their starting quarterback? I... I really think the 49ers got very fortunate that Lance got. I mean, nobody gets fortunate that they're hurt. But bringing Jimmy Garoppolo back as starter I would, was yeah. the smartest thing they ever did, or bringing him back as a backup. Because I, I, without I mean, with Trey Lance, I, I, I can't see them being this no, I can't. This I can't see that either. I, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll take it a step further. The best thing that happened to the 49ers was Jimmy Garoppolo hurting his shoulder. Because if it wasn't for that shoulder injury – they would have shipped him off, and they would have been stuck. Oh, they tried. They tried. They did. They tried with the shoulder messed up. <laughs> that and, is such a weird situation. But he, to be they in. would have been stuck with Lance. Uh, no, Brock would try- Purdy. Yeah, there you is go. Their backup. And that would have been insane. Now they probably could have got a pick out of that somehow. But ultimately, like that's that's the thing that saved them. It's funny how things work out. Now, how do they handle like because Jimmy G? Uh, you know, is I thought to be a year by year contract at this point. Like he he's going to be a starter somewhere next year. Here's right? here's the thing: if he keeps winning football games, somebody's going to want to bring him on. Our Forty Nine er group was texting: if Jimmy G wins the Super Bowl, how could you ever? Give him to another team. I'm telling right, you. Now you you just said I don't want to get ahead of myself. <laughs> sorry, so sorry. you're right. You're right. He couldn't help you're himself. Right. Chris. You're right. Chris. Pump the you're brakes right. over there. Uh, <laughs> no, you're right. Super Bowl. You're right. Here we are talking about a take six a little, and four niner team. You're take a little break here. <laughs> I will say this: we're closing in, Tony. We're about twelve days away from the showdown matchup. Uh, in San Francisco, it's next Sunday that the Dolphins uh, travel out to face the 49ers. So, and both teams have Dolphins pretty good. Well, both teams have very winnable games this week. The Niners will be home to the Saints. The Dolphins will be home to the Texans. So, it could be uh, a very interesting matchup when the two of them get together in a couple of weeks up in Northern California. And I'm sure Scraby and I will be talking too much for everybody's liking about that game. <laughs> yes next week. Uh, the World Cup continued today, and uh, the results just what I expect. Denmark and Tunisia, 0-0. <laughs> Mexico and Poland. No, there was none of that. Mexico and Poland, 0-0. Nil-nil, Chris. Yeah, I know. But uh, two games without a goal scored. Uh, France did beat uh, Australia 4-1, to and in the stunner of the uh, early going in the World Cup, uh, Saudi Arabia knocked off uh, one of those big world powers, Argentina, 2-1. to one. And this is what um, I think Mark Ziegler, when he was talking about the World Cup with us last week, said this is the kind of thing that can happen when you play the World Cup outside the European Union uh. and you play it in uh, the Middle East. And I, 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 I look. I didn't watch the match, but I. It was, was at told, two in the morning. I don't blame I, you. I was told. I was told there were some dubious calls in this match against Argentina, that went in favor of Saudi Arabia. Uh, Messi, who plays for Argentina, said afterward there were no excuses. We just got beat. 
But uh, a lot of people thought there were some fair excuses for Argentina, who lost in this upset manner. Plus 1,800 so, going into this game. Yeah. yeah, that was a gimme. And by the way, you know, the United States has England on Friday, and then their final one's against Iran. Uh, that's not going to be a gimme because, again, it's it's right there in the Middle East, and uh, who knows what you're going to get uh, from the officials when yeah, you get around true. to that match. So. It, didn't, it didn't seem to hurt England, though. England hung six on them. So. <laughs> England didn't seem to have any problem. The officials couldn't stop England. <laughs> no, barely so, that. Uh, yeah, World Cup, uh, I, I don't know if Mexico is upset or disappointed. Uh, the, the the fans of Mexico, I mean, a, a, a nil-nil game. They did have their goalkeeper save a penalty shot penalty kick which uh could have cost them to lose that match they but, do uh, have the best goalkeeper in the world from what mexico i, from what I gather yes so okay well he showed his wares on yeah. that penalty kick today but uh, ochoa i believe his name is the mexican fans are in the same boat as the american fans through one game of the world cup both the both squads played to a draw to open up World Cup action, there was I one mean, big... it was it was such a big deal uh, in Saudi Arabia. I believe that it's a national holiday now. After Is it? That, yeah, it was yeah. declared a, a, a holiday. Well, You're not joking. I'm not joking. Wow. Yeah, public yeah. holiday declared. Yeah. And they, and they have just uh, anointed the uh, referee of that match as the new premier <laughs> okay. of Saudi Arabia. <laughs> uh, there was one other big sports. Uh, Soccer story today: Manchester United. Manchester United confirming that Cristiano Ronaldo has left that club. Chris and I talked about immediately. This. Yeah, thirty-seven-year-old Ronaldo has agreed to mutual termination of his contract, following an explosive interview in which he criticized the uh, the uh, head coach, the head coach, and the team. And so uh, they have parted ways. Ronaldo is the biggest name you've got in the soccer world, and uh, Manchester United is the biggest soccer what's, club what's you've man's got name? in the world. Oh, so. It's always, you know, leave it to Morgan Pierce to break the story. Pierce Morgan. <laughs> Pierce Morgan. That, Pierce yeah. Morgan. I had it backwards. <laughs> <laughs> Pierce Morgan. Uh, I think that's who he did the interview with, correct? Uh, yes. Ronaldo that blasted the team as well yeah. as his head coach. Yeah, so uh, we'll see. That Here was a big, big sports, uh, big soccer story Morgan anyway today. Pierce. All right, we are underway. Uh, Tony Gwynn Jr., Chris Sello, and uh, Gwynn and Chris rolling along here until uh, 6 o'clock this evening. Sam Levitt's going to stop in. Uh, the uh, the great one, Sammy Lev, will be on the program. We'll talk a uh, little update on the Padres and whatever else uh, we can think of when uh, Gwynn and Chris resumes. 237. One of the things I, I really enjoy about sports is like the genuine nature of the joy it brings people. There's a clip floating around uh, of some fellas watching the Saudi Arabia-Argentina game in Saudi Arabia, and they score, and just the joy... I mean, they had, they had so much joy, they took the door off the hinges. They, they literally took it took off Took it the off the hinges and walked out and went and celebrated outside. I don't even know if the game was over at that point. No, but. no. I'm pretty sure that the one guy I saw in the middle of the video might have jumped eight feet in the air, and that's not, <laughs> that's not a joke. <laughs> I, I was I was at the barbershop today. We were talking about, um, again, and we've talked about it a few times, but talk, going back to that joy thing, like the city of San Diego and the Padres oh, yeah. made the run. like yeah. How like this place was buzzing like you couldn't the day they beat the Dodgers you couldn't drive downtown and you know what no one cared no yeah. one cared the, the police they didn't care they let you, they were letting everybody have fun as long as you weren't hurting anybody as long as you weren't fighting staying out of trouble staying you're good. out of trouble you were good and that is why you know 
I implore you, Scraby, to start loving sports instead of liking it so much. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how this turned into that conversation, <laughs> but that that specific moment you're talking about uh, is awesome because I don't think anybody ever expected Saudi Arabia to beat Argentina, and uh, especially it, not that Saudi. Yeah, yeah, that referee expected it. <laughs> okay, I'll tell you that. I thought I thought we if we can't blame the umpires and we can't blame the World Cup referees. I, I guarantee you one thing: if the Essex had lost last night, I would have blamed the referees oh, but, in that oh, game. You better believe it. I would have been in here complaining. The My wife was sleeping quietly and peacefully on the couch last night when at about quarter to ten, I yelled out about six. Expletives? expletives in a row <laughs> and she went what in the world is going on and I, said, I said are you watching these refs she goes no i'm sleeping and i said well you should watch these refs they're killing the aztecs right now yeah uh, you know again like i said that was a, a reminder of why i sometimes don't like watching college basketball yeah you never know you never quite know what the crew you're going to get it's just one consistency if you're going to call it one way let's let's call it that way the well, entire game inconsistency is a complaint but to me just bad calls is a complaint i mean when a guy runs over nathan mensa and you call him for flop that's just a bad call i, I did that's see just that poor one. judgment Even he I literally ran his head into into his chest yes that's just poor judgment that's just uh that's just bad officiating as far as i can tell uh speaking of officiating chris uh, uh you got some officiating to do this year Are you gonna be doing some ice yes games? i've already started i've done a couple of games so far and of course every call i've made has been perfect so you know that's what i'm talking about that's yeah. why we come to you as our uh what is it our, our resident uh referee yes our resident, resident referee. referee yeah i'm doing a game the high school game again this year and uh we now go to our resident referee chris sellos yes i've only been quite i've only been questioned in uh, i think i've done five games so far i've only been questioned about eh, 207 times so yeah that sounds about it's right. a typical season underway all right well let's uh wait no further let's get to our special guest before oh no we don't have traffic do we okay so let's just go ahead and get to sam levin sam sammy welcome Lev. to the show sam it's been a long time brother Tony, what's up? Chris, Scraby, great to be with you. Beautiful day here in San Diego. Can't get much better, right? No. I mean, this is that's, that's why we all Sammy, live Sammy, you made the right choice to come to America's <laughs> Finest City. A smart move by you. Uh, I know. Sammy, uh, sounds like Nick Martinez is officially three years. Uh, he's going to be a Padre for another three years. Uh, are you down at the press conference that was going down? Well, they had the press conference on Zoom, so oh, okay. it was a there you go. virtual press conference. But it was really cool to hear from Nick and, and get some background on why he decided to stay in San Diego, some of the the discussions and, and conversations that have uh, gone on as far as him you know, uh, working towards a starting role uh, in the rotation and um, you know the, the versatility he has. But it was great to hear from Nick, and, and first and foremost, he was asked about why he decided to stay in San Diego, and he was extremely complimentary of the fans. And you could tell how appreciative he was of the experience with this particular team, this group of guys, the fact that this Padres team has so many different core pieces coming back in 2023, and the sense I got was that this team and Nick, they want to run it back, and, and Nick wants to be here and be a part of this and uh, be a part of everything that's uh, happened in San Diego over the course of the last uh, year or so. So it was really cool to hear from Nick. And I, I think, uh, you know, I know you guys have talked about it at length. Um, it's a really good thing for the Padres and a number of different per perspectives. 
Sam, is there any way you can get a sense, uh, you know, when, uh, during the Zoom conference today from Nick Martinez, uh, you know, how much of a commitment they're going to make to him to be a starting pitcher? Because I'm assuming that as he looked in round and free agency, that would seem to me to be what he wanted the most was to get a chance to start. I, I know nobody can guarantee it, but it, it, do you get the sense that if he does a good job, he's going to be in the rotation next year? It, it sounded that way to me. You know, he didn't go out and say that, uh, you know, something like A.J. Preller has promised him a spot on the starting rotation next year. But it certainly sounded from what he said like he's going to be given that opportunity to start. And he should be, quite frankly, based on what he did for this team last season. But he also talked about the versatility and the contract and the unique nature of the contract, some of the creativity that went in there as far as uh, the opt-outs and, and securing uh, you know money for his family. I mean, he, he really uh, you know kind of broke down the, the uniqueness of the contract and the creativity that went into it. So it, it certainly sounds like he is going to get a really fair shake to start, as he should. But he also talked about how the the experience he got as, as a late-inning reliever, those high-leverage situations, what he did for this team in the second half of the year, how that can help him moving forward as a starter in a sense of finishing games and in um, a number of different aspects. So he didn't you know, he didn't go out and say that there were any uh, promises or guarantees made, but it certainly sounded like from what he said uh, that he's going to be given that opportunity. And I think that's, you know, pretty much the expectation all the way around. And I think that's the beauty of having a guy like Nick Martinez back on this team and on this roster. It's that if you need him to start, we know he can do that. And, and um, you know, I, I guess there's a best case scenario where he's in that rotation from start to finish, but you know, if you need him in a different kind of role, we now have assurance based on last season that he can do a number of different things that do it in a, an extremely high level. Expand on that a little bit. Uh, Sam Levitt joins us here on the Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad Fan Hotline. Expand on the the um, the intricacies of this deal. Like, did he give you, you guys any examples of how this contract works versus whether he's a starter or whether he's a reliever? Uh, he he didn't get into the super specifics of it. You know, he he talked about the the uniqueness of the contract, um, and you know, obviously, it's been reported on that there are opt outs and and perhaps uh, different incentives based on on what he does and, and the numbers he accumulates, which you totally understand because it, it may become a, a very different right. looking contract and, and money number if he is a starting pitcher, let's say for three years with the Padres, which is certainly a possibility. So he didn't get into the intricacies of it, but he did talk about the, the unique nature of it. And I, I think I think the beauty of the contract, and, and when you talk about the opt-outs and some of the different incentives that are in there, is that it's a deal that I think works really nicely for both sides, right? Because if you're the Padres and you get a really high level of production from Nick as a starter, then... I think you're happy to pay him that money. And, uh, you know, it also gives Nick some some freedom and, and creativity. Let's say if he's a starting pitcher this year and does really well, and um, it's a bet on himself, just like right. the original deal was that he opted out of. And that's something he was asked about as well, that idea of, of betting on himself again. And what I love about Nick Martinez, and I loved it throughout the year, and I, I loved hearing him talk again today, is 
he's just confident and he's he's confident but also has this team mentality and he, he sort of echoed today what we heard all year and that was a willingness to do whatever it took and take on whatever kind of role this team needed to try to win a world series and it still sounds like that you know does he want to be a starter i would imagine you know and and uh, certainly the contract is sort of uh, from what's been reported on structured that way um but it's uh you know i i just think it's a good deal for both sides and i i like that nick has confidence and bets on himself and has a willingness to do whatever it takes and the, the other thing, guys, and this is something I, I talked about in a little Twitter video, you know, when it was uh, reportedly agreed on. What I like about it, too, is the postseason sense, yeah. right? And, and I think it's the same thing with Robert Suarez, too. You have now seen Nick Martinez perform in the postseason. And when you think about a postseason series, we know, you know, there, there are spots and situations where you may not use more than three starting pitchers. And somebody like Nick Martinez that can come out of the bullpen can give you three four or more innings out of the bullpen in a big game go through the lineup a couple of times coming in more of a traditional setup role i i just think in a postseason sense for a team in the padres that plans and hopes to get there again has world series aspirations we've learned that somebody like nick martinez not just in the regular season whatever role he ultimately has but also in the postseason is really, really valuable. We've yeah. seen that so many times from uh, so many different teams. So, to me, I, I really like the deal for, for all those reasons. Sammy Levitt is with us. He is one of the big reasons why the Padres found themselves in the NL Championship <laughs> Series this year. Make no mistake about it. Joins us here, the uh, pregame and postgame voice of Padre Baseball. Sammy, uh, what do you think about uh, Jose Abreu as a possible add at first base? And what do you make of the uh, report from our friend John Heyman that Padres could actually be in on a big-name shortstop, of course, with Fernando due to come back and Hassan Kim already there? Where do you think the Padres will go, should go, in terms of adding new free agents? Well, let, let's start on Abreu because I think Jose Abreu would be a really nice fit for this team. You know, I, I feel like there are, you know, you, you could – read his age of 35 and and the easy reaction would be oh you know he's, he's maybe at the tail end of his prime and and the level of production isn't going to be what it's been with the white Sox. but guys if you go look at jose abreu's numbers i mean he's been remarkably consistent yes average wise on base wise ops wise the home runs were down a little bit in 2022 but for the most part he's been a 25 30 home run player and what i really like about him and his track record he stays healthy yeah. you know you can go look at the numbers it's 150 plus games in year out and i think for a padres team that could use some power at that first base position i think from a, a power a leadership perspective having a veteran in that dh first base spot um i i think he's a really really good fit on let's say a, a short term two right. year um, you know, take your pick what the money is, but you know, two year deal. That's... So I think Jose Abreu would be a, would be a great fit. As far as the reports on the Padres possibly being interested in one of these great shortstops, and there are a handful of them on the market this year. Um, look, this this ownership, this front office has shown a willingness to a spend money, right, 
and two, go for it and make a big splash. I mean, what what would we have said in April if if somebody would have come and came and told all of us that Juan Soto would be a Padre by August? Right? We probably would have said, well, there's no way that's happening because Soto's probably not getting traded, or you know, the Padres aren't going to do that because. How could they sign a, another player long-term? Right. Obviously, you imagine they have those aspirations with Soto, ultimately. I think, it, look, it, it would be another big-time player on a big-time contract if you're talking about the Trey Turners or whoever else is in that market. But this this front office and this team has shown a, a real willingness uh, to make splashes and spend money and and. I'm not shocked that those ideas are being thrown around. Now, will they come to fruition? Who knows? You know, you, you guys have been following this team a lot longer than I have, quite frankly. And, you know, I think you guys would, would agree that this is a different kind of Padres team and front office that has this um, willingness to do what it takes to go win a World Series. Now, what would that mean for a Fernando Tatis Jr., a Hassan Kim, a Jake Cronenworth? How would they fit in uh, a, a trade turner or, who, or whoever it is type piece into the puzzle. It's, it's interesting, but hey, they've got, a, they've got a lot of those questions to figure out even without that additional piece, right, of, of where does Fernando play, of, of what happens at first base, where does Jake Cronenworth go depending on where Fernando plays and where Kim would have to move to. And there are a lot of questions, but I'm – I'm not shocked by it. You know, I'm not shocked by the idea that, that there are big-time names that would require big-time amounts of money being discussed because th- this is what A.J. Preller has, has shown, and this is what this front office has shown. And, you know, even though the farm system isn't as deep as it once was, there are still some some big-time prospects in there. And, and we know A.J. Preller is a, is a president of baseball operations that gets, creative right the josh Hader deal came out of nowhere and there there are a number of examples of it you just never know with this front office uh and i'm not shocked to hear uh that that there that there's a lot being thrown around uh, in those rooms right now yes sam i think uh to your point this is a different padre team and for that reason i don't think that it matters what a guy like jose abreu's ages the padres are in a win now mode if it's a one two year deal I don't see a problem with that at all, and so no. uh, we'll we'll see how it falls. I didn't get a chance to tell you, Sam. Great job uh, that you got that you did this during the year covering this ball club in your first season. I'm sure it wasn't easy getting used to everything, but you did a phenomenal job, my man. Thank you very much, Tony. I appreciate that. You and Jesse did a wonderful job as well. And yes, it was a whirlwind because I can tell you I, I'm still putting furniture in my apartment. <laughs> I just got a coffee table. I've got a standing desk that is going to become the what is that, uh, nine Padres months later? Radio Network. Yeah, it, I'm, I got a standing desk that I got to put together. That's going to become the new uh, 97.3 The Fan Padres Radio Network morning uh, operations center <laughs> as I get ready for the for the shows every night. So I appreciate that, Tony. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think I told you this that at some point on air during the final uh, few games. But, you know, thank you, thanks to you and, and Jesse and everybody else for being so kind and so helpful to me throughout the season. It was uh, a pleasure. You made it easy, brother. Thanks for coming on. We'll catch up again soon. Absolutely, guys. Thanks so much. Sam Levitt there on the – Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking to me there, Scraby. Uh, that was Sam Levitt on the premiere of Chevrolet of Carl's Bad Fan Hotline. Yes, it was. Indeed.
All right. Uh, save money the right way. Save money. I don't. I, I can't find it. It's not on the. It's not on the thing. And so oh, I don't just read it off the top of my head. I don't, you know I have it memorized. Um, it's not on the thing, huh? No. And it's not on the thing, hey? Uh, all right. Save money the Chevrolet right way. Chevrolet finally wins <laughs> with Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. That's all I know. That's Premier Chevrolet of Carlsbad. (laughs) Find your roots. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Uh. Welcome to Gwyneth Chris, ladies and gentlemen. All right. uh, We're about to get to break here. Right now. Oh, wow. Three o'clock. Safe with the bell. (laughs) Daily Gambit. If you are into that type of thing. Or Gwyneth Chris. is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. (laughs) 